Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm laughing because I'm your host. I, I can laugh, can't I? Because I'm with a good friend on the show today, Phil Thornton. But let's get the show started right. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. I say that every time this show starts, and I always t- tell people to lead with their gifts. Some people call their gifts their passions. And if you have a passion, don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews that I do on Money Making Conversations are with CEOs, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. My next guest is an industry decision maker. His name is Phil Thornton. He is music industry. He's a music industry executive, television producer. Don't sleep on that. And senior vice president and general manager of RCA Inspiration. RCA Inspiration is the number one label in gospel music. Home to Kurt Franklin. Bam! Fred Hammond. The Walls, bro, the Walls Group, Leandra Johnson, and many, many more. And we're going to talk about that because I'm going to pull out this press release, the Gestella Awards. There's so many people. They actually just renamed the show the Provident Entertainment Awards. That's what they should rename that show. All these folks up there jamming up there. But he's also a member of the National Museum of African American Music. Uh, he's a board member. And it's important we talk about that because the, 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 the museum is dedicated to preserving and to celebrating the many genres created, influenced, inspired by African-Americans. The museum is located in Nashville and will feature special tributes in Black Music Month, which is the month of June, and present coveted rap, Rhapsody and Rhythm Awards to the Fish Jubilee Singers and Lionel Richie and Smokey Robinson and Quincy Jones and Shaka Khan. Shaka, shaka. You know, if you're old school like me, you got to say shaka name twice. Because Phil wears so many hats, there are plenty of words that can be used to describe music industry executives like him and television producers like him. But there's only one, two words to describe him when I say him, because he's a dear friend of mine. I call him the man. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the man, Phil Thornton. Hey, hey, what's up, Rashawn? Thank you for having me back. Well, the man, the the man, (laughs) I got to bring the man back. You know, you know, I, I you know, we we met, man. You came down. We had a nice meal. Uh, actually, I, I moved. I bought a building in Atlanta, man, in um, one acre lot, and uh, just uh, expanding on the uh, opportunities. Uh, more into television production, producing two television shows. Currently, you know, expanding into talent. But one of the things I always appreciated you, and I think that what what you really liked about me was the. Uh, the ability to multitask, and you do a very good job of that, Phil. You've always done that well. Talk about that that ingredients, because a lot of people fail because they can't, they don't understand. They get I gotta do this one thing and focus on this one thing. That's true, but you have to be able to do many things while you're focusing on that one thing. Tell us about that, Phil. Don't you? you gotta. I mean, to me, it's all about multitasking. I love music. I love television and film as well. But I've been fortunate, Rashawn, to have great partners. You know, at, at every step. So on, on the label side, I have a great team that supports me, which makes life much easier there. And then for my television and film productions, I partner with various production companies to just kind of, you know, make sure things are moving with excellence and on time. And so, you know, it's really about just prioritizing, delegating, and just working with people that, you know, share that same heart and passion. And that's, that's very true because, the, but the key is, 
feel, you know, I'm going to put the word, I'm going to put another title on you, visionary, okay? Because you have to see things that other people don't see. And sometimes, you know, we, we take that for granted because, you know, I, I always love the fact that when I look at my life, you know, you know, when I was branding Steve Harvey, the word branding wasn't popular. You know, it was just something I just did naturally. And so when I use the word branding, a branding expert, that's you. When I use the word visionary, that's a person who sees things, he sees talent, and he, he takes that talent into his fold. And guess what? They become stars or they become or they, or they, they they've lost their way. And you say, hey, uh, come work with me and I think we can we can do something together. That's a visionary. How is it when you look at talent? That's why I call my boy Will Packer, you know, when he came on the show. I said, Will Packer, man, you know, when we was doing Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, and, you know, because Steve Harvey and I, when we sold the book to Screen Gems, we envisioned that to be a white movie. We really did. And so Will Packer said, no, man, I got this guy named Kevin Hart. And I knew Kevin Hart, you know, but I didn't know... Kevin Hart, like he was impassioned by Kevin Hart. And so that was a visionary who basically launched, think like a man, basically launched Kevin Hart's career. And also out of that same movie, um, John Legend hit came out of that. And so so the two major players in the music genre and the acting comedic drama blew up because of his vision and his association. You have that same ability, whether it's new talent or talent that's been established or talent to look for a new vibe in their life. Talk about how you look at these different challenges that people present you from a talent standpoint. Shout out to my brother, Will Packer. That's my, that's, that's my brother <laughs> yeah, uh, right there, man. Good friend of mine. But yeah, I mean, on the talent level, it's, it's a certain indescribable quality. You know, Rashawn, when I meet talent that I never want to be, be uh, the one to outwork talent. So when I see and hear that passion that commitment, that clear vision that they see it as well. And I'm more so of a person that's become an, an executor of sorts, but having a talent that really, really has a clear picture of who they are first right. and foremost. Mm -hmm. And that's always important. And, and, and again, I may amplify what they say and what they envision, but it's important for the talent to have a true clear vision of who they are. Like, I don't want you to just do something because I think it's great. I want you to basically have that foresight and that vision. And I'll come in, like I said, amplify, take it to another level. But I look for authenticity. I look for just, you know, that that work ethic and just being clear on your purpose. And this is really your this is really your purpose because not everybody that wants to be an actor should be an actor. Right, or right. everybody <laughs> wants to be a singer needs to be a singer. So making sure that your purpose and your passion uh, are intersecting and uh, but making sure that you're also authentic and there's something about you that will connect with people and that's what people look for. Well, let's, the Stellar Award shows that you you you're dealing with authenticity. You know, when you look at the fact that the 36th annual Stellar Awards and Provident Entertainment celebrates 23 nominations for the 36th annual Stellar Gospel Music Awards with 10 artists nominated in 17 categories. Do you? What do you? Come on now. You know, your room is crowded now. Phil, your room's crowded now, brother. Just on nominations alone, your room's crowded. The room is crowded. I'm grateful. We got some, you know, we, I think, 23 nominations this year. We're on our Michael Jordan this year, so I'm, I'm feeling, feeling great about that. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, but I, I can always, I got room on the mantle. I'm looking at my mantle now and some Stellars and some Image Awards and some other. We got, I always make room. I just build another Come shop. on up. Because, but, but the reason I brought that up, because, you know, one of my favorite people, Q, 
Shakir Sheard Kelly. I got to put Kelly on there, you because know, you're married got now. Absolutely. You know, artist of the Year, Song of the Year, Albertina Walker, Female Artist of the Year, Album of the Year, uh, 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 Contemporary Female Artist of the Year. When I look at Mally Music, Marvin Sapp, Donnie McClurkin, All Nations Music, Travis Green, who I love to death, you know, Leandra Johnson, Corrine Hawthorne, Melvin uh, Crispell, and uh, KB. Now, when I I got to go back up to Travis Green because he's a special talent because he, he, he has a crossover audience, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, when I interviewed him in, uh, I think a couple of years ago, and then I look at Donnie, Donnie McClurkin. I've been knowing Donnie McClurkin since since 2000 when We Fall Down, which 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 put him in another stratosphere way back in 2000. We Fall Down. So then you look at Marvin Sepp, you know, his back-to-back singles. Now he's doing syndicated radio on Sundays, a weekend show. So all these people are different. And then you have this young 33-year-old Keir Sheard Kelly, you know, who's out there, Mally Music, who, 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 when you talk to him on the phone, you talk, you talk like your friend. You know, you don't, you know, because you know, people get that word gospel, they think they're talking to somebody who's going to hit them upside the head with the Bible. And that's the same thing with Travis Green. You have, these people are all just real people, man. I think that's what you use, when you say the word authentic, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to think about it. They, yes, all of them love God. They have that in common. They've been called to do this, but they're normal people like you and I. Yes, you know, like yes, I, just, yes. I literally just had a meeting with, with our, our mutual friend, Kirk Franklin, right before this. And you and I both know, Rashawn, Kirk is one of the most down to earth people. Yes, yes, you know, yes, there he yes. is. Like, he's going to give you a scripture if you need a scripture or a positive <laughs> word, but he's a regular brother that's going through, you know, things like you and I. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but again, so, but same thing with Travis. Travis, um, which, by the way, we got a new single. You heard it here first from Travis Green coming out at the end of June with Travis featuring Kirk Franklin and John P. Key. So that's that's going to be a big record for Travis Green. So they, yeah. John P. Key. Come on now. Yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. The North Carolina boy, right? John P. North right? Carolina. That's right. Absolutely. Charlotte. Charlotte. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She got me, got me going back in my roots now with John P. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, you know, that's taking you back right there. You well, know well, tell, like, well, tell Travis, Rashawn wants him on the show the end of June. Just tell Travis Green. That's my boy. I got to have him. You know, because, Consider it done. Yeah, Consider because, it done. We'll make it happen. Absolutely. And so when I when I look at the whole thing, and the reason I'm just slowing it down a little bit, because we are on the show to talk about you being a board member. We're on the show to talk about the National Museum of African-American uh, music. But gospel is such a key component to that music, to that genre. And so many people come out of gospel that supports the rest of the genre of music that's at these at your African-American museum. What, where is gospel at? You know, we come out of COVID where I, I like to believe faith was reinforced in 2020, especially with the civil unrest, with uh, with George Floyd, and uh, you know the anniversary is coming up this month, unfortunately, of his one year uh, death or, or murder or whatever name you want to put it. It definitely wasn't right, and uh, yeah. fortunately, the uh, the first police officer has been indicted, and then we're up this summer we'll find out how long he will be in prison or incarcerated. So, where is gospel music at? Because you know, you have hip hop went out there that exploded. You know, you you always have R and B, and then you had a fusion. You have jazz. Where is gospel music in that landscape of of, of popularity, of revenue, tours, all those things? Gospel music is uh, is continues to grow mm-hmm. stronger than ever. Like I mean, we had a record breaking year mm-hmm. yeah, for our division. So I mean, we you know great releases from Kiara Sheard and. 
you know, Corinne Hawthorne having, you know, airplay on both the R&B and the gospel stations. Kirk Franklin had three number one singles, uh, one of which was a gold single in Love Theory. So, I mean, it was a record-setting year for us as a division, but also the genre as a whole. I mean, people like Jonathan McReynolds and Tasha Cobbs Leonard from, you know, my competitors. And also you got, you got Maverick City Music. I'm sure you're familiar with them. That That's mm-hmm. the new wave right now. And they're doing tremendous things in the gospel uh, realm as well. So really... It, the future looks bright. A lot of our partners at Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Pandora, et cetera, are seeing that this is an underserved community yes. that, but, that, that constantly shows up, you know, with the minimal resources they've applied. So now they're starting to really, you know, ramp up more personnel and more uh, creating more opportunities on platform and more real estate for gospel music, which is encouraging because they also see the global opportunities for gospel. We're seeing a lot of growth in Africa and Brazil and the UK. So it's just, it really continues to just grow and grow and seeing cross genre collaborations, people like Kanye doing gospel and like, right. you know, Justin Bieber just had a gospel album. So oh, holy. it just continues. That's a cold to, cut, man, with a uh, chance to rap a holy. I love that cut by Justin yes. Bieber. I love that cut, man. Yes. Yes. That yes. was chance so to rap. Right. Rashawn, <laughs> gospel continues to be, you know, current relevant and, and we see, I mean, even H.E.R., the singer her who just won, who's won four Grammys and an Oscar just a few weeks ago. She's got a gospel song that, you know, we put out through our division. So, again, we're seeing a lot of our mainstream artists really paying homage to their roots and, and, and unapologetic about their faith, which is extremely important. So we're just like I said, we're seeing the catalog grow uh, year over year, but we're also seeing the new artists continue to have a lot of um, opportunity and generate revenue streams. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one of those guys, man. I'm, I'm a big thinker. I, you know, when I see Travis Scott go down in Houston do his Astro World concert and they sell out in a couple of hours and ten thousand people buying tickets and they don't they they only have a lineup just buying tickets <laughs> on faith. That, yeah. Can we get that in gospel? Can we get the, can these young stars? Can we can we get that energy where there's a huge where they can fill up you know Philadelphia football stadium? It's, it, it, can the future get there? I know we tried it with the uh, Three Kings when it was Donna McClurkin, Kirk, and and uh, and uh, Marvin Sapp about mm-hmm. ten years ago. What can we get there? The, the, can can the Jonathan Mac Reynolds and all these talents that out there can they get on the stage and generate ten fifteen thousand people showing up? Or am I asking too much and and making that statement? I, I, you know what? I think it's absolutely possible. I think Jonathan, uh, Corinne Hawthorne, there's a few artists that immediately come to mind that could really uh, be a catalyst to that. But I'm telling you, keep your eyes on that Maverick City music. I've been watching their momentum and they're independent, mm-hmm. you know, Rashawn. They're, they're independent and young and, you know, targeting a young multicultural audience. But, you know, it's gospel. Right. And it's, you know, targeting that 18 to 24 demo. They just announced a tour. I think it was like 14 cities uh, a few weeks back, sold out in four days. Wow. You know, so, I mean, so I feel like they are well on their way. When I look at just the next generation mm-hmm. to actually do arenas, I mm-hmm. see arenas in their future. Wow. I love it. Well, let's yeah. get back to why I brought you on, man. You know, June is Black Music Month. You know, we know the yes. advertisers, they've, they've taken note of that. They want to spend money during Black Music Month and the big celebration in Nashville. Why Nashville? For the uh, National Museum of African-American Music. 
Nashville, Tennessee, Music City. That's what they call us, right? That's what they call us. So, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm, well, you I'm know, just so proud. You know, Detroit. Know. Yeah, Detroit up there. Yeah, LA. Yeah, no, Atlanta. We, we love Detroit. We love Atlanta. But, you know, Nashville <laughs> has been coined Music City. So okay. it just, it's, it's so appropriate that the, the museum should be open here. I mean, we opened it. You know, the soft opening was back during uh, in January during MLK weekend. Mm-hmm. And since then, you know, it's been open you know, for weekends and we've now expanded it to the you know, open Wednesday through Sunday. But this June Black Music Month celebration, it's like the Super Bowl Absolutely. for the museum. Like this is, That's what it is. And so mm-hmm. it's super exciting. I mean, we've got the Legends Gala on, you know, that Thursday, the, uh, the 17th. 17th. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, honoring some of the, the legends. I mean, Quincy Jones and Lionel Richie and Smokey Robinson, Miss Shaka Khan. And I'm going to say Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, like <laughs> you did. That was, the, that was the first 45 I had on my record player four now. years old, Come Shaka Khan. I feel for you. So shout out to Miss Shaka Khan and then the Fish Jubilee Singers. So that's the Legends Gala. And then on that Friday, you've got a, a series of, of panel discussions, mm-hmm. what we're calling the State of Black Music Summit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking about everything from sports and music to fashion and music to business and music. And also, you know, we're going to be doing our live podcast, State of Black Music podcast, hosted by yours truly. Um, so that's happening on that on that Friday. And then Saturday is the big block party and Juneteenth celebration. So it's so much happening in Nashville, Tennessee and at the museum. I'm just excited and I'll just encourage everybody to come out and see this momentous institution. Well, let's talk about this. Should, I, I know you're on my show, but it sounds like you should be on Good Morning America. Sounds like you should be on today's show right now. Seriously. You know, this is the this is your music city. Okay, this ain't Motor yes. City. You're in Music City. This is the yeah. this is the National Museum of African American Music. You talk about when you said when you got to the black party, I was going like, okay, okay. Where who who else know about this? Oh, I'm trying to get I'm excited. So I'm saying that why can't I why can't you be on Good Morning America talking about this? Where's the press on this, man? Where, what's, who, does anybody see what I see here, Phil? You know me. I see big, man. This, you, yeah, you're I, you're behind. Uh, CBS, I'll, I'll say CBS This Morning has been a great supporter there you go. of the museum. They're actually working on doing another uh, feature to, to highlight this wonderful uh, week celebration that we have coming up. So, uh, But they've been super supportive. We love CBS. And hopefully, you know, our friends at GMA are showing us some love and the Today Show. So hopefully... Yeah, because that's, cause that's Father's Day weekend, right? That that June... It is. Yeah. Father's so, Day is on that Sunday. So that Juneteenth... So, I mean, it's... But, you know, again, it's, it's... If you can't make it on that Sunday... We're not doing it. Sunday is off. Well, even if that's Saturday, you can't make it. But Thursday and Friday, it's, it's going to be so much and so many great people you can you know, learn so much amazing information and, and meet and network and, you know, just think about what, what do you know a celebration where they're honoring Quincy, Smokey, Lionel, and Shock <laughs> and Fish Jubilee Singers. I, that's just iconic. That's, I mean, some of the greats. And, and so I'm super excited about what we have. But again, here in Nashville, Tennessee, let's go, Music City. Oh, I, I, you know something? You've sold me, Phil. You actually didn't sell me. You know, I was just teasing you anyway about that. But the, the, the thing I just love about it, because I get so excited in watching your brand, you know, Phil, the yeah. thing about it, I always talk about your brand. I feel, I feel you're a yeah. special talent. Uh, I happened to be in the room when you were honored by the legends, and that was a special night. And, uh, and you have many more personal honors coming your way. But how did you get involved with the National Museum of African American Music? How did that come about as a board member? I, uh, a good friend of mine, she just was telling me about the museum maybe five years ago mm-hmm. and facilitated an introduction 
uh, with Henry Hicks, who's our you know president and CEO of the museum. And when I met Henry, I guess he felt that passion, my love for music and black mm-hmm. music, because black music, be clear, is American music. Mm-hmm. When you think about every genre of music, black people, African-Americans, have played a significant role in the creation, um, not always the monetization, but right. the creation has been um, started with us. And so he felt that passion in that conversation. And, you know, they voted me onto the board, like I said, almost five years ago. And I've been rocking since, did a lot of fundraisers. Um, you know, Sony, I was, you know, pretty instrumental in Sony's uh, financial gift that they uh, donated a few months back. So really, this is something that is, is so much, Rashawn, there. And I had to be a part of it. Because beyond the actual institution, I think about the education initiatives, what we can do on elementary all the way through college and scholarship opportunities. And these are things that we're absolutely implementing now. And so that's, the you know, for the museum to be beyond the institution. And I wanted to be a part of that narrative, that storytelling and, and you know, Adam and doing my part. Well, the, the part of it that the music is, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to have Done that 45 single, the little 45 flip yeah. A and B side. Yeah. You know, I always remember that, uh, you know, and then I went to the A-track, okay? And I thought yeah. that was been cassette. And then, you you know, mm-hmm. we all had that long playing album, you know. But then then all of a sudden the, the CD came out. And then all, yeah. and then all of a sudden it became digital. Mm-hmm. And, and so now I'm in my car. I can look at, uh, you know, any type of genre of music, I can make my own station if I wanted to. How does that play out for the artists? You know, because you have independent individuals out there; they can start their own labels. It's just a different game out there. And sometimes I don't even. And I'm a, I'm an experienced in the game field, and I don't even understand it. What 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 technology or what knowledge do you have to bring to the game, or or is always a constant learning curve for you, Phil Thornton, in the music business today? It's constantly a learning curve, always. That's how you continue to be great. Like, because, you know, it was, it's, as you mentioned, I mean, it's evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about now, even with NFT and Bitcoin and everything happening with that movement, with the music industry, that's the next wave of, of, you know, how music is going to be shared and and monetized. So you you have to be a, continue to be a student. Mm -hmm. I'm a student. I listen. I talk to my peers. I'm talking not only to the to the other CEOs and like Sylvia Rohn and John Platt, but I'm also talking to this younger generation to see what's the new, what's now, what's next. Because you can learn so much, so much. Well, you know, now I need to know about the museum. You know, we the Smithsonian when it opened up in uh, Washington D.C. African American uh, Museum, I it, it, lines you couldn't get in. Because they told yeah. us exactly what that experience was going to be about. You know, you told us about the block, what's happening on Thursday, what's happening on Friday, block party on Saturday. You know, what is the museum experience when you walk through that front door? Is it two Ooh. floors? Is it a basement? How many square footage? Let's, let's take our time because I want you to be let's, as visual and let's have fun with this. Because let, we're walking through African-American history, music history here. Phil, I want yeah. I want to take our time. I want to have fun with this next this next question. The museum, and the museum is uh, how many floors is it? How many square feet? You know, just just walk me through that front door, man, and like you just the tour guide. 
Just, oh, I got visual. I got people who listening to the show. I got people watching the show. So you really got to be creative. So the people listening, they got to feel like they're walking with you. The people who can see you, they got to feel like, man, I can actually see that that's, that that Billy, that, that saxophone. I can actually see that guitar. I can see it all. I can hear it all. Come yeah. on now. Yeah, it's, it's when you walk into this beautiful space on Fifth and Broadway, Nashville, yes, Tennessee, sir. downtown, you see instruments when you wow. first walk through the door and some other great artifacts, wardrobe from some of your favorite artists. But then you actually, the tour starts um, in our Roots Theater, where we kind of show you a 10-minute movie on just the origin of Black music and its evolution over the years. You immediately exit the, the Roots Theater and the first gallery that you enter is the Wade in the Water Gallery, which is our gospel mm -hmm. gallery. Uh, it's so super impressive because everyone knows it's, the music started with spirituals and hymns and, hymns and gospel music is the foundation of all genres of music. So you start with gospel, then it goes into the blues gallery, uh, then jazz. And I mean, just to see some of the artifacts and the awards and memorabilia from some of your favorites. And then you go into the One Nation Under group, which is our R&B <laughs> gallery, which is probably one of my favorite galleries. And just seeing everything from history about Motown records and Stacks and Philly International. I mean, so much history. But also you'll see some of your favorites, you know, like your, your Mary J. Blige and Erica Badu is highlighted in there. So it's I mean, it takes you on a, a musical journey. Um, but also you have these great interactive uh, experiences within each gallery. So you can actually on your wristband that you have on when you enter the museum, you can actually add, you know, playlists from some of the favorite artists that you may discover in the museum. And, you know, there's an interactive uh, in the gospel gallery with Dr. Bobby Jones and you can sing in the virtual choir. Uh, but in the R&B gallery, you can have a dance off, uh, you know, to some of your favorite music. And then the, the museum concludes with our hip hop gallery, which is really one of my favorites as well, because I mean, you can, you can actually record a freestyle. You can make a beat in there. Uh, you can rhyme to some of your favorite um, songs. And again, it all goes on your wristband that you get to save as a, you know, kind of a souvenir uh, electronically, everything is sent to you, but so much history in there again, covering, you know, gospel, blues, jazz, R and B and hip hop. So it's super impressive. All 56,000 square feet of just excellence and history and musical bliss. Oh, it's, it's well, you know, the fact that you started with gospel and you end with hip hop, you know, I think is a, yeah. is, is a phenomenal. And then I see, and let's just expand the whole conversation to see how blacks have finally been recognized in, in country and Western, country music, I should say. Yes. Country music has been, we finally getting recognized. We're not a fluke. And so I'm not saying that's being included in that. I'm just saying that we finally starting to get our 100% recognition about our contribution to each genre. But when putting that order together, there had to be some heated debate in the room. Do we start with gospel? Do we end with hip hop? Do we do jazz? Do we do uh, uh, R&B? Come on, come on. Tell me about that room before we go, man, because, you know, yeah. come on now. Come on. Hip hop. I, I know some people say, well, hip hop, they can't be cousin. They can't say the N word. I know it was some debate from them oldies when it came to hip hop. It, 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 was, it was some spirited discussions, and I, and I was a part of them because I raised some of those uh, questions. Uh, but I got to tell you, but I, I got to take this time to celebrate the amazing historians. It was about a dozen, about 12, 13 historians and ethnomusicologists that worked really, really hard, Rashawn, on the storyline of the museum. And 
you had to start with gospel. That's where it started. So musically, I mean, but they did, this is, you're talking about years upon years of research and you have some of the best and the brightest to just know about music. And so, but you can't, you know, we got to acknowledge where it started, gospel, but you also got to acknowledge where it is now in hip hop. And I will tell you country, you know, I know they're working on some special exhibits and there've been a number of country artists, you know, Darius Rucker is one of our yes. national chairs, you know, Kane Brown actually celebrated at the uh, opening, uh, soft opening during MLK weekend and Willie Jones. So again, country is very much Thank a you. part of the storyline mm-hmm. and we're doing more to expand it because we need to make sure the country, as well as rock and roll, I mean, Lil Richards, and I mean, you know, so many people that's, you know, represented throughout the museum. I really, I can't wait for you to see well, it. It's, well, it's going to well, blow your mind. Well, June next week, so you know I'm coming. Yes. <laughs> come, so on, I'm coming. come on, come on, I got so, you. Let's so, go. so where did you go to college at, man, to get all this knowledge, man? Where did you, what school did you go to? Man, Norfolk come State come University, behold the green Ain't that HBCU? Yes. Ain't that HBCU? Ain't that HBCU? Come, yeah, come on now. Come on, come on now. Now, see, yeah, here, I'm a proud HBCU graduate. Here, absolutely. Here's, the, here's the whole thing. I'm going through the resume, and many times I interviewed you, I've never I said, it's boy from Norfolk State, HBCU, and we ain't never talk about that on the, during the interview? Whenever, come on now. You know, you know that, and that's my home. That's home for me. Norfolk is home, so... VA is home. I was uh, actually, I was hanging with Missy Elliott the other mm-hmm. day uh, in Atlanta. We were catching up at dinner and we were just talking about how grateful we are to be from Virginia. Just, we learned so much, but yeah, Norfolk State, NSU, the holy green and gold. Come yes. on now, before we close yes, out, this is the me. last thing I want you to talk about. The, the values of attending the HBCU and how it has made you the person you are today. Phil Thornton, tell us about it, being attending an HBCU. Yeah. One of the absolute best experiences in my life. I will, I will never, I don't regret. It was one of my dreams. I, as a child, I used to watch a different world. And uh, my mom allowed, you know, allowed me to watch school days. So after watching both different world school days, I was like, man, I'm going to APCU. <laughs> and the experience is like no other, the community, uh, just whether it's just students or even your professors, but the partying, that was also <laughs> great. The, the football game, the football, basketball game, the tailgating. The, the fraternities and the sorority, shout out to the noobs, you know what I mean? Spring 2000, Epsilon, Zeta Chapter, you know what I mean? That's that's what it is, Cap Alpha Psi. I'm going to do that on your stream too, Rashawn. But, uh, you know? <laughs> so, but, uh, but uh, it was no, it was the best, one of the best experiences. I learned so much. I met some amazing people that I'm still in contact with to this mm-hmm. day. But it was just, man, it just, it felt like such a, like, I didn't want to leave. I knew I had to leave, but it's just like, I really didn't want to because of the community and just the bond. I mean, Pharrell Williams, Pharrell used to come to Norfolk State and hang out with me on the yard because he was just in, in awe of just the whole college lifestyle. I said, you should enroll mm-hmm. here. But he used to come and hang out with me when I used to do college radio. We'd hang out in just the student union because it was just such a great energy and it was positive and, you know, just love. I love it, man. Thank you as always when you come on my show, Phil Thornton. You know, yeah. I yeah. just had to, I said, man, I've been, this boy been on my show three times. We hadn't brought up his HBCU experience. We got to knock it out because, because you know, Black Music Month coming up. He about to be the, he's a board member. You know, we got to know where your black essence come from. Now we know. Phil yes. Thornton. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations, brother. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I'll see you on Absolutely. Nashville. If you want to hear more or see any of my interviews, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. <laughs>